Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. We're here to talk about the season recap for the Louisville Cardinals in 2016. Mike, are you a Mario Kart player? I am. Yeah, who's not? Because uh, all I can think of the Louisville season as is in terms of Mario Kart, where like you're driving most of the race and you're in the position you want to be in with like you know on your home stretch or your back lap. And then you get hit by, like, a blue shell, and then you get hit by more shells, and next thing you know, you're in, like, fifth place. That, <laughs> appeal. that was Louisville. Yeah. That was Louisville in 2016, because, my goodness, if they didn't go freaking, you know, 9-1 and one heading into Houston on a Thursday night in November, and then they lost three in a row to, to finish the year. I mean, Louisville was just rolling people for the most part outside of a close loss on the road to Clemson that you could argue they probably should have won as well. And then, boy, they crash and burn and crash and burn quickly. They did, and, you know, they had the Heisman winner a quarterback, but uh, truth be told, his last probably four or five games were not very good. Uh, and he had minimal help from his offensive line, which, you know, I don't want to make excuses for a guy who – you know, through for whatever it was, 3,500 yards, 1,500 yards rushing, a million touchdowns, you name it. Um, uh, you know, but they wouldn't have been in the position they were in at the end of the year without Lamar Jackson. And, I mean, you're right. They, they go on the road to Houston there at the end of the year, 36-10 on a Thursday, never competitive, really. Offensive line couldn't handle the Houston pressure. A uh, complete nightmare of a performance. Then Kentucky's the hangover effect. They go to a bowl game, which I was completely wrong about, just because I, I just don't think LSU is that good, and I was wrong. Twenty nine to nine, they lose that one. Overmatched, Lamar Jackson once again running for his life. I mean, you try to play behind that offensive line. Um, if it weren't for Lamar Jackson making a lot of plays with his feet in the first eight or nine games of the year, I'm not sure where Louisville would be. Uh, if it was a conventional drop back passer, maybe the Cardinals aren't a nine win team. Maybe they're. Uh, you know, maybe they're a seven-win team, an eight-win team. Um, but you have to think that Lamar Jackson's athleticism won them a, a couple of those games that ordinarily I'm not sure it would have. Um, but the Duke game comes to mind just because it was relatively close and Duke hung around uh, for a while until Louisville scored that late touchdown. I think with a po conventional pocket passer, not Lamar Jackson back there making plays on his feet, you know, that's a potential loss there. But, yeah, overall it was uh, – it was a good season for Louisville. I just think that it left a lot to be desired just because of the start they got off to. Losing the way they did at Clemson was obviously tough, but you looked at Louisville after that and you're thinking, this is still a team that if they do what they're supposed to do here down the stretch, look impressive while they do it. They still have an outside chance to get into the playoff if things go their way. Uh, it's almost better that they didn't just because of how overmatched they look in the Citrus Bowl against LSU, a team that had no business even being 
mentioned in the college football playoff and they beat them 29-9 in a game that wasn't competitive. It would have been one of those non-competitive playoff games potentially if Louisville got into the mix, but everybody wanted to see Lamar Jackson play just because of how good he was all year long. So kind of an uneven season, left a lot to be desired even with nine wins. But, uh, you know, I think Lamar Jackson was a lot better than most. I mean, people expect him to be good, but he was a lot better than most anticipated. So I think that's one of the positives to take away because he's returning. I realize that he had some gaffes in terms of turnovers in those last three games that didn't help things. But I think if you really start to consider, you know, what he was able to do and what we found out he was working with, you know, there late in the year, in a, in a weird kind of roundabout way, to me, that almost solidifies, like, he definitely should have won the Heisman. Like, what he was doing and, you know, combine that with who he was doing it with is, is enough for me. Um, we saw that that offensive line really could be had um, between the Houston and the LSU games, uh, I, I told you in the in the bowl game, I, I, I had LSU 28-10 to 10 because I thought that the LSU defense was basically going to be a supercharged, more talented version of the Houston defense, and that's basically exactly what happened. You said it was 28 to nine, or 29-9. Um, just an odd season. The, the Kentucky game is a different thing because the Louisville offense scored 38 points in that game. The defense gave up 41. And the defense was just not good in that game. They were not all there. It was like they were sleepwalking throughout the game, you know, after coming off of a tough loss the week before to Houston. Um, so I don't, I don't put that on Jackson. And so, I, I mean, without the mobility and the what, what Jackson can do in the running game, they're not scoring 63 points on Florida State. They're not scoring yep. 59 points on Marshall. Yep. Hell, they scored 36 points on Clemson, which was about as much as, as most teams did all year. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's a really like unsatisfying ending for folks like me who are Louisville fans. Uh, but there's just a lot of, there's also a lot of hope that goes along with it into next year with a guy like Jackson behind the center. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's, that's a really good point. Cause I was looking at, uh, the Duke game saying, Oh, that's a game they might've lost. Well, maybe they just wouldn't have won a lot of their games that they won by as convincing of margins as they did. I think that's a great point, and you have to feel good about having Lamar Jackson uh, behind center, obviously. I mean, he's going to enter next season as uh, arguably the best quarterback in college football. I mean, Baker Mayfield's returning as well. Uh, there are a handful of others, but, I, I mean, if you're Louisville, you're in a great position returning a Heisman Trophy winner, a quarterback, a guy who can obviously produce. And you look at, you know, what Clemson just did in the national championship with Sean Watson. I mean, returning starter makes all the difference in the world and you don't necessarily see it as clearly as you do, you know, when the games, you know, when lights are brightest and the games are at their peak and the national championship is a game in which Alabama was probably really wishing they had a returning starter quarterback. So I think there is something to be said to that. Louisville should be excited that they have Lamar Jackson returning next season. Mike, this team put up 50 points in six separate games. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Yeah. It, yep. They played 13 times, and six of them they hit 50 points, which is special. And these are against, and these are against FBS opponents, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I understand they scored 70 against Charlotte, but you know, you put 62 up against Syracuse. Obviously, the 63 spot against Florida State. 36 points in a loss to Clemson was still impressive. 54 points against NC State. Uh, 52 against uh, BC. A good Boston College defense. Right. So, I mean, on one hand, you're saying, you know, these, and, and then 44 against Wake Forest, too, another pretty solid defense. So you're looking at teams that, 
you know, you're saying, yeah, Louisville should blow those teams out. But by the same token, you know, these are still competent defenses they're going up against and scoring these points on, especially the 63 against Florida State. I mean, it was no aberration because the rest of the season, they're still putting up 40 and 50 points on people. When we say things like they should be blowing these teams out, I feel like we can't dismiss it when they do. You know, right. like if they're doing what they should be doing, then that's that's indicative of a high-level team, you know. So yep. offensively, Louisville was, was really strong for most of the year and then obviously fell apart in two of their last three games thanks to some really major and critical offensive line flaws. Um, defensively, like blocking. Yeah, like things like blocking people um, was, was a little bit too much for the Louisville offensive line late in the year. Um, also didn't really get a, help, a lot of help from like receivers catching passes rather than dropping them. Um, that wasn't good either. Uh, defensively, Mike, there's going to be some turmoil going into 2017. They, they fired, well, I don't know if they technically fired, but Todd Grantham left and went to Mississippi State. Uh, he's being replaced by Mississippi State defensive coordinator Peter Sermon. I good trade. Uh, for who? Uh, not for the Cardinals. Yeah, not not for Louisville, I don't think. Uh, Sermon's defense in Starkville, in terms of playing its Power 5 competition, was 67th in points allowed per game. Uh, so that's not great. Um, not great, Bob. No, especially considering Louisville's coming off a year where they were 22nd. So at some point, it seems like Grantham would have been an upgrade. Um, Imagine that. Yeah. I, and, and I told you before the season, like, I'm not particularly high on Grantham. I, I I felt like this was the year that the offense had to get a lot better or else, you know, the defensive quality coming out of the Charlie Strong era was going to start plummeting. And it didn't it didn't plummet quite as quick as I thought it might. Um, obviously, again, defensively, there were some issues against teams like Virginia and Kentucky and, I, I don't know, other teams that you shouldn't be struggling against defensively. But uh, at the same time, you know, they weren't total garbage either. And so it sounds like, I mean, they're, they're bringing in a, a coordinator to replace Todd Grantham. And I, I just, I don't know that I can have a whole lot of faith that they're going to be able to keep up the level of success that they were having, even if that level of success maybe wasn't enough to totally carry the team at times. So you're hoping they're going to score a lot of points. Which, I mean, when you're returning the, the Heisman winner, I feel okay about that right um but on the same token you don't want to get into shootouts with teams with a bad offensive line um very very true (laughs) which didn't seem to be a huge issue for most of the year but i mean there has to be a point in time where you know your defense gets some stops because you know, when a team figures out how to at least slow you down, which some teams started to do against Louisville, um, that's when it gets dicey. Uh, that's when you're putting a lot of pressure on your offense to score 40 game in, game out, which Louisville can do more often than not, but um, you need a defense to make a play. And I'm with you. Uh, not a great uh, – <laughs> I'm going to call it a trade of coaches because that's essentially what it is um, – not a great coach swap here, but we're going to have to see what they're made of. I I have to think that the, the offensive line is probably the biggest sticking point heading into 2017. It seems like late in the year they got exposed as being a poorly coached unit. Um, it seems like those zone, 
zone blitz schemes were really just way too much for them to handle. If Louisville can't coach their offensive line any better, I just have a bad feeling that others might start to jump on that and, and uh, take advantage of that in a, in a big way. So uh, something definitely to monitor. Last thing, talking about 2016, Mike, and I want to get your opinion on it. There was a lot of debate late in the year over should Lamar Jackson have won the Heisman. And I think we talked about this a, a little bit, but just explicitly, would you say Lamar Jackson was the rightful Heisman winner or was there you know, some case to be made for Deshaun Watson or somebody else? Uh, Deshaun Watson's best games were you know, the three or four games leading up to the Heisman ceremony. Um, or let me rephrase that. Probably like the last two regular season games plus – the two playoff games leading up to the national championship and then culminating there. Um, no, I mean, Lamar Jackson's the Heisman winner. It's a regular season award. He was the best quarterback in college football for the regular season. Um, that's, that's all you can ask for when you're giving out the Heisman. So, yeah, I mean, it should have been Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's uh, – he essentially – I mean, look at his stats, you know, 3,500 yards passing, 1,500 yards rushing, 51 total touchdowns, and he essentially did in his sleep. Uh, he was hands down the guy, and the only reason it got competitive is because Louisville's team as a whole started struggling later in the year. If Louisville wins against Houston, they beat Kentucky, and they only have one loss heading into the bowl game, it's, a not, it's not even a conversation that Deshaun Watson's in the mix. It's okay. Louisville's lost one game. Clemson's lost one game. Lamar Jackson has a better stats the better counting stats than Deshaun Watson does. It's a no-brainer. The fact that Louisville kind of stumbled into a gate kind of reopened the conversation. That's why it was, you know, even a chance of Deshaun Watson winning the Heisman was even discussed. But this was a runaway, and it was a runaway from, like, middle of October on. I think that's totally fair, and I would agree that 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 was part of the conversation when that all happened was – I don't think Lamar Jackson should be the Heisman winner. Okay, then who should be? Uh, like, nobody could really come up with, like, a good second candidate. And I think that's yeah. also indicative. It's a weak, It was a weak field, too. But Lamar Jackson, you put him up in any of the recent Heisman winning years um, over the past, let's just say, last five years. I mean, stack Lamar Jackson up against any of those guys, and he's competitive to win the Heisman Trophy. So this is a rightful Heisman winner. Looking at his stats what he did in big in bonafide big games. Because, um, look, I mean, I think Louisville goes into that Houston game. I don't know if the result's any different, but I think Louisville goes into that game a little bit more motivated against Houston if Houston's playing like everybody expected them to. You know, Houston had a down year when they entered that game against Louisville at the end of the season. I mean, that was not the Houston team everybody expected them to be when they got there to that matchup with the Cardinals. And maybe Louisville... You know, maybe for the Cardinals, their antenna's up a little bit if Houston's a little bit better or playing like they're supposed to. But, you know, I, I think the fact that Houston had a talented team still and just kind of struggled ups and downs for a majority of the year uh, kind of lulled Louisville to sleep a little bit, especially, um, you know, given how the offensive line played and they didn't really look competitive. And I think Louisville would have at least been more aware of Houston if Houston had been playing better at that particular time totally fair the only other thing i'll say is that i think there's probably a little more discussion to be had as if we're collecting heisman votes following the end of the national championship game i think if you're factoring into sean watson's playoff performance and all that then okay then maybe we can talk you know what he did to a really good ohio state defense and obviously the alabama defense but 
all told, I, I think Watts. I think that uh, I think that Jackson was the rightful winner here. Let's look at 2017 real quick here, Mike. Um, starts out versus a couple of Power Five teams that I I fully expect Louisville to be able to handle. They're taking on Purdue in Indianapolis, and then they got to travel to a what's going to be a de- depleted and uh, kind of a regenerating themselves kind of uh, North Carolina team. They should be 2-0 after that, right? They should, yeah. I mean, they could beat Purdue by 40 points, potentially. Now, the next game is at home against Clemson. They should win that game, too. I mean, they're going to be better than Clemson next season, Uh, I would think. I mean, Clemson has a good roster, but they're going to be young. I tend to agree. They're going to be young. they got to replace Deshaun Watson. Several several of their firepower pieces on offense, you know, in the receiving core, Jordan Leggett, Wayne Gallman, all this. Clemson has so much to replace that I would expect Louisville is able to outscore them on some level. Um, whether that's, I mean, whether that's winning in a shootout or winning in a, in a low-scoring game, I don't know. Uh, Kent State, Murray State, also out-of-conference games. They could be coming out of September 5-0. and Easily. Um, at NC State, home against Boston College, at Florida State, at Wake Forest, home against Virginia, home against Syracuse, at Kentucky. If, if we're being quite honest with the way that this schedule is laid out and what Louisville is able to bring back and all this, I think, I, I think that Louisville fans should be disappointed if we're not talking about a double-digit win season here for the Cardinals. Yeah. I struggle seeing them lose more than two games looking at the schedule right now. And that's assuming that a renewed Clemson team beats them you know, at Louisville, and then Louisville drops one on the road at Florida State. And that's the only way, unless there's an upset somewhere in there, Louisville's going to be favored in the rest of their games. Now, I don't know that that gives you a ton of comfort if you're a Louisville fan. It, it doesn't. I, I mean, we just – mostly because you see what just happened this past season, you know. Um, you know, they could be playing really well and – be 11 and one or you know whatever i mean be the representative you know you beat florida state you're probably the representative and not even probably i mean you are the representative in the atlantic uh because you would have beaten florida state and clemson there's nobody else in the atlantic that's going to challenge those those other two teams or louisville so i mean theoretically so louisville they go undefeated in the regular season so you're assuming that they beat clemson and florida state their two toughest games run the whole gamut, beat everybody they're supposed to, remaining on their schedule, beat Purdue, beat North Carolina, you know, and not drop one. Uh, then you're in the ACC championship game against whatever the Coastal team is. You're favored there because there's not a Coastal team in my eyes that can contend with any of the top, what, what should be the top two Atlantic teams in Louisville and Florida State heading into a season. And then if that's the case, then – how much do we really know about Louisville uh, going into the college football playoff? I think that's the bigger question. It's, okay, they ran through an unimpressive ACC schedule, but, hey, they beat Florida State. A lot of it depends on how Florida State is, how Florida, how Clemson is. Are those two teams anywhere near as good as they have been the last couple of years? If so, then you're a lot more comfortable with Louisville. But say Florida State has another three or four loss season and Clemson 
you know, drops back as most expect them to and has, you know, a two or three loss season. They were like, okay, Louisville beat two good teams, but how good is Louisville sitting there with their undefeated record going into a college football playoff? That's going to be what, you know, what everybody's going to be looking out for. Easy to have confidence if you're a Louisville fan, bringing back the Heisman winner. Uh, all right, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm all set. All right, good deal. Uh, well, this has been fun. So, uh, again, if you guys want to reach out to us, if you got uh, questions, comments, concerns, if we say something dumb or, you know, whatever happened, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel ACC. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with your feedback, your thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, you know, whatever. If you're a hater, if you, you know, love us, whatever, send us an email. Longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. I'll give it like a seven and a half out of ten. That's fair. Could have been better. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, all sorts of different places. Uh, that'll be great. You can subscribe, review, rate, do all those neat things. We'll be exploring some other platforms as well, so keep an eye out for that. Stay tuned. In any case, uh, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver, OACC. Thank you.